We're going to Yavamos, Kufbeiz, Amal Aleph, 102a, and we are towards the top of the page. And we are discussing different uh, laws around the process of Chalitza, uh, which is the, separ- the separation, uh, the form of a divorce between the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law in the context of Yibam. And we are about to begin a discussion on the type of shoe. Uh, we mentioned in uh, the Mishnah that uh, seemingly the best form of a shoe is a sandal, which is a hard leather shoe. Uh, but what also works, we'll see whether it's ideal or not, but <coughs> excuse me, what also works is a min'al, and min'al is a soft leathered shoe. And so the Gemara says as follows. Interesting Gemara here. Amar Amar of Kahana Amarav. Rab says, Im yavo Eliyahu. If Eliyahu, Elijah the prophet, he comes vayomar cholzim b'minal shaman lo, ain cholzim b'sandal, ain shaman lo, shikvar nagua am b'sandal. So if Eliyahu comes and he says that, uh, I think he says that you should do chalitza with a minal, with a soft leathered uh, shoe. So then we listen to him. If he says that you should not use, um. You should not use a sandal, a hard leather shoe, which is what uh, the Mishnah says is ideal. So then we do not listen to him. Why don't we listen to him? Because even though you can use either one, either a hard or a soft, but because the minag, the custom, has already been to use a sandal, a hard leather shoe, so then the, the minag, that custom, overrides what Eliyahu, what Elijah says. And in fact, this is what the, the Talmud, the Jerusalem Talmud, says that this is a source for the idea that a custom is not just to be taken lightly. A custom could override in various scenarios, various situations. Not override halacha, uh, but it could pick and choose. Then, and, and what is the ideal way to go if we have two, two possibilities, perhaps? Uh, so what, which one is the, is the uh, better way to go? So then customs could... Uh, be the determining factor in that. Uh, for example, just one example is that uh, on Simchas Torah, uh, it was in one place, it was customary for them to sell the aliyahs, to sell, to, to auction off the aliyahs, and so they would have the Kohanim leave the room so that they could auction off all of them, including the ones for the Kohanim, so that they could give the aliyah of the Kohen to somebody else because there are no Kohanim in the room. And there was one Kohen who one year said, that, no, I want to stay. I want to have this for me. And I'm going to stay. And so they said that, no, because it's, uh, this was a custom and it's not a, it's not a problem. It's not against uh, Jewish law if there if are no Kohanim in the room. So then you give it to somebody else. So they said, since this is the custom, so you have to leave. So there is such an idea. That's all one version. Rav Yosef, I'm Rav Kahan, I'm Rav. Rav says in a different version by Rav Yosef, this is the difference in this version. He says, uh, what if uh, Aliyahu, Elijah, the prophet, comes and he says that you should not use a minal. You shouldn't use um, a soft leathered shoe. So Shomalo, we listen to him. But the end is the same, that if he says that you shouldn't use a sandal, that you shouldn't use a hard leather shoe, we don't listen to him because that's been the custom until now. The Gemara wants to know what, in the end of the day, what's the difference between these two versions? My benayu, ike benayu minal lechatchila. The difference between these two versions is whether or not are you allowed to use a soft leather shoe um, 
just as is it just as ideal as a hard leather shoe? Uh, is it ideal or is it not ideal? And um, in the in the first version, they did not use it was not uh, it was not used before Eliyahu, so it wasn't a lechatchila. It wasn't ideal. In the second version, Eliyahu is coming and he's saying something new that you shouldn't use it. That means that they were using the minel. They were using it in the past, and it was it was ideal to use the minel, the soft leather shoe. Now, why it wouldn't be ideal? That's something which we will discuss in the next coming lines. Why do you need to have a leather? Will also be discussed, uh, not in today's, not in today's uh, recording, but uh, it will be on the next page. That uh, you need to have that it's uh, you should have specifically the leather. Um, but we'll see why in a minute. Why it is that you can't have you shouldn't use why one there's according to some you shouldn't use ideally soft leathered shoes. According to the one that says that you're allowed, to, it is ideal. It is just ideal. But what about our Mishnah? Our Mishnah says that if you use a soft leather shoe, so then it works. The implication is that it only works after the fact. If you happen to use it, so then it works. But it's not ideal. You shouldn't use it initially. The Gemara says no. Who had not feel the chachila? Why did the Bible say save a bampaya chalitzas psula? Do I feel the yavet? Taninami reisha diavad. No, it only uses that language because it's in comparison to the next line. The next line is discussing the ampalia, which is it just it's made out of it's like a sock. It's not an actual shoe made out of leather, but it's like a it's like a sock made out of uh, materials and uh, a, a, a cloth. So for that, that it's saying that even if you did it after the fact, it doesn't work. So because it used the same language, you use the same language by minal, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't work. And it's an ideal form. Maybe it also works. As a lichatchila, that ideally you could also use the minal, the soft leathered shoe. So the Gemara says, So this issue, which we see is a dispute, it's also a dispute amongst the Tanaim, amongst the rabbis from the times of the Mishnah. The Tana, because we taught in a Bryce, a Bryce is from the times of the Mishnah. Amar said, He says, I once went to a place in Tzivin. I saw an elderly person there. I said, do, do you know Rabbi Yehuda ben Misera, the rabbi Rabbi Yehuda ben Misera? He says, yeah, and he was by me, he was by me all the time. So he asks him, did you ever see him do chalitza? Did he ever, was he ever in charge? Was he ever overseeing a chalitza? He says, I've seen him do it many times, which is also very interesting. Chalitza is not so common today. But uh, apparently then it was more it was significantly more common uh, because people, unfortunately, they died younger. And so it was more common to have a couple where the husband passed away without any children. So he asks him, So what did he use? He wants to know what shoe did he use? Did he use the hard leather shoe or did he use the soft leather shoe? So he says, I'm relieved. Now there's different versions here. It's unclear exactly what the answer is, but he says, we'll use one version. He responds back by saying, is it even possible to use a soft leather shoe? You're not allowed to use a soft leather shoe. So he says back to him, he says back, but Romero says, no, Romero says, actually a minel does work. See, it does work. It might not be ideal, but it does work. And in fact, Rabbi Yaakov, Omer Mishmael, Rabbi Yaakov says, in the name of Romero, you're allowed to use it. Even it's just it's it, you can use it even lechatchila. 
even initially. It's not just after the fact. So we see, the point of bringing this down is that we see that there's this dispute as to whether or not using a soft leather shoe, would, is that ideal or is that not ideal? That itself is a dispute. The big question is, I can understand why it is ideal because you're supposed to use leather just because it's soft leather. In the end of the day, it's still leather. But why can't you use it? So the Gemara wants to know. This is what the Gemara asks right now. Um, the Gemara says, What's the reason? What's the logic to say that you're not allowed to use a soft leathered shoe? If it's for the following reason, Basically, the Gemara says, maybe it's for the following reason. Maybe because a soft leathered shoe, in order for it to fit, you have first the shoe itself and also sort of like the tongue of the shoe. And then when you knot the shoe, so then you're not knotting your foot, but you're knotting what's on What's on the, the, the tongue? The not not on, you're nodding onto the shoe. You're not nodding onto your foot. Um, and when when she takes off the shoe from his foot, the pasuk the verse says that she has to take the shoe off of the foot. But if she has to untie the knot from the shoe, she's not untying it from him. She's untying it from the shoe. And so that's what uh, that's referred to as me'al de me'al. It's from on top of on top of it's uh there's a there's a problem there you can't have any separation it has to be that you're untying that from from the foot itself not from the shoe if the knot is by the on top of the shoe so then potentially it seems that that if maybe that's a problem so the says that can't be the problem because if that would be the problem so then it wouldn't even work after the fact if that's a real problem that's a bona fide problem it wouldn't work after the fact that would be a, a serious problem uh, we're in our case. We're just saying that a soft leather shoe isn't ideal, but it would work after the fact. It would certainly work. So it's not a problem. Now, just to point out, Rashi explains the reason why it's not a problem is because as long as you take off both, you untie it, and then you take off you take everything off. So then you've taken everything off of the foot. You've taken everything off from the foot. Everything is off, and so then that's fine. That's not a problem as long as you reveal the foot. So then. Uh, that is that is not a problem, um, and so that's not why it's not a problem. Meal de meal, but the concept of meal de meal, the concept that uh, undoing something when there's something on top of the foot, that continues and remains to be a problem, as we'll as we'll see uh, later on in the Gemara. Uh, we'll see that that in fact is a problem, which leads to a very big discussion. There's a big discussion about how far we take this. In fact, the ruling of the Shulchan Aruch is, is that before he puts on his shoe. He is supposed to wash off his foot to make sure that there's no dirt on his foot, so that there's no separation between him and his his foot and the shoe. We might want to make sure there's absolutely no separation so to get out of this problem. Uh, this might be a, an added stringency, but it's it's because it's based on this idea. But the, the big discussion is what what happens if a person uh, has a cast or uh, they they have their foot has to be covered for whatever reason. So then how do you do chalitza? Are you allowed to do chalitza in that scenario? Are you not allowed to do chalitza in that scenario? Because the shoe is not on the person's foot. It's not on his foot, but it's on something else. So that itself is, is a big discussion. Okay, so says the Gemara. The Gemara now is returning to his question. So in the end of the day, why can't you use soft leather shoes? It's not based on the reason that we gave before. It has to be based on a different reason. What's that reason? So the Gemara answers, no, this is gezerah misho minal merufot. Yinami misho mechatsi minal. The reason for this is because if it's a soft leather shoe, so then uh, even though a soft leather shoe is perfectly fine, but we're concerned that a soft leather shoe could get ripped up. 
A hard leather shoe, you don't wear it. It doesn't get ripped up. And if it does, you're not, you're not wearing it anymore. A soft leather shoe could get ripped up. And if it gets ripped up, so we're afraid that you're going to confuse that with something which is a shoe which is actually ripped and it's holes in it. So that, in those cases, that would be a problem. And so we're afraid that people will get confused and think that a shoe which has a lot of holes in it could also be used. And that's not true. It can't be used. Alternatively, sometimes with a soft leather shoe, they would only have it as a half of a shoe some form of a half of a shoe, and that, excuse me, that can't be used. You can't have a half a shoe be used for uh, be used for chalitza. So um, that itself uh, is, is the reason why you can't use the soft leather shoe is because we're concerned that you'll confuse it with other cases. Really, on its own, it's perfectly fine. But we're concerned that you'll confuse it with other cases, other cases like uh, if it's, uh, if it's uh, half of a shoe or if it's a ripped shoe, in those cases you can't use it. So out of that concern, we say that it's ideal not to use it. It's better to use a hard leathered shoe. You shouldn't use a soft leathered shoe. Okay. Omar Rav. Rav said, If it wasn't for my uncle Rebichia, Rav says his uncle Rebichia, what did he use? He used a shoe which you had to tie. So since you had to tie it, so therefore it was uh, it wasn't uh, uh, before you tied it, it wasn't as as fitted onto the foot. He says I would not have used that. I would have used the shoe what he refers to as the shoe of a tia of, of of an Arab, um, because those are fitted better. It's a, it's a better fit. So, but now that I know that my uncle does it, so then it's fine. And then he says Vahaydi dan afagav dispe chumrasa. So then he says, he says that, uh, and nowadays we even make it into a very, very, we make it, in, we make sure that we tie it into a strong knot so that when she undoes it, she has to undo it. So then it's a complete undoing. She undoes the knot and then she also removes the shoe. So she's fully involved in the entire process and uh, we want to make sure that she's involved in the entire process. Therefore, we make sure that it's knotted so that she can untie the knot and then also take off the shoe. So that's uh, that's what Rav said uh, took place. Uh, that's what the Gemara says it takes place nowadays in the days of the Gemara. Okay, let's continue in the Gemara as we are towards the middle and bottom part of Kuf Bey Zamanal, 102a. Omar of Yehud Rav. Rav says another statement by Rav with regards to uh, the shoe. He tarta yevama l'shok b'shmitas rov ha'ekev. That what do you have to take off? She has to remove the shoe and then you fulfill the mitzvah, or uh, and she's allowed to marry whoever she wants. So then, uh, how, how much does she have to remove? She has to remove most of the heel. The, the most of the heel has to be removed. Most of the shoe has to be removed from the heel. And then at that point in time, that's the that's that's when chalitza is done. So it's interesting. Some of the commentators point out that there seems to be a very strong emphasis here on the shoe itself. There's other parts to the process as well. She has to spit, uh, bathed in, the court is involved. Uh, so uh, and, and there's reading. So so, but it seems from here that uh, the shoe itself is is the primary role. And some of the commentators point out that this is true in terms of the minimally what you need. If it's the removal of the shoe, apparently, and just even of just most of the most of the heel, so then that would that would work. That uh, the rest of it is not required. It's definitely uh, we want you to do the rest of it, but it's not necessarily. It's accomplished even without it, according to some of the commentators. Mesave. So the Gemara asks the following question: How could it be that around most of the heel? 
we have the following uh Brisa Husru Ritsuos Mina al Visandal Oshishamit Rova Regal Khalitasapsula If he removed the laces from the shoe. Or most of the foot was the shoe was taken off most of the foot, so then that doesn't work. Why doesn't that work? Time to Shama too. Hasham The reason is is because he's taking it off of his own foot. That's not what that's not the process. The process is that she, the sister in law, is supposed to be taking it off of the foot of the brother in law, but not that he's supposed to be taking it off of his own foot. That's the problem. But if she were to take it off of his foot, then that would work. But what does the price to say? It only focuses on Rova Regal in Rova Ekev Lo. It says most of the foot, not most of the heel, but most of the, the entire foot uh, of the leg. It's only most of the leg. So it seems like you need, to, you need to take it off most of the leg. And it's only, a, it's only a problem because he took it off. He took the shoe off of his leg. Uh, but it's not most of the, of the heel. It seems like it's most of the leg. So the Gemara says, Lo, Haini Rova Regal, Haini Rova Ekev, Amai Karule Rova Regal, he says that really means most of the heel. It doesn't really mean most of the leg. It really only calls it most of the leg because the leg is relying on the heel. It, uh, it, 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 it walks on the heel. So that's what it refers to. But really it just has to, you have to remove the shoe from most of the, of the heel. That, that itself is the conclusion of the Gemara. The Gemara now just says that this idea that we quoted in the Brisa that she has to be completely involved in the untying and the removing of the shoe, the entire process, it fits with Rabbianai. Misai Leila Rabbianai, this fits with Rabbianai. How do we know this? Um, Rabbianai. Whether. Um, whether he unties it and she removes the shoe or she unties it and he removes the shoe that doesn't work she has to be doing the entire thing she has to untie it and remove the shoe and so that fits with the price uh, so she has to be she has to be the one that does everything she has to do everything she has to untie it and remove the shoe okay let's see uh, a little bit more in the Gemara as we're towards the bottom of this Amud of this page Interesting uh, Gemara here by Rabbianai. Rabbianai asks, with regards to the removal of the shoe, what exactly do you have to do? Karasa humahu What happens if you don't take off the shoe? What happens if you rip the shoe? The, you rip the shoe apart the foot, but you don't actually physically take it off. You just rip the shoe apart. Or what happens if you burn the shoe? So the the shoe just uh, gets consumed, but you don't actually physically take it off of the of the leg. What do we need? Do you need the actual act of chalitza, of removing the shoe, or you just need that his foot is revealed? All you need is his foot to be revealed. We explained earlier that the reason why you take off the shoe is because it's a sign of mourning, and mourning is when you don't have shoes on, so maybe it's just the fact that he doesn't have a shoe on. Who says that it's about the act itself of taking the shoe off? So maybe this would work. So the Gemara says, take it. The Gemara leaves this uh, unresolved, and so therefore we, we, we are stringent with regards to this. Uh, but this is a very important, uh, it's a very interesting question. Is it the act of removing the shoe or is it uh, the fact that the foot now is revealed? And that has ramifications for what happens if you rip the shoe apart. You don't take it off or you you burn the shoe. What would happen in those cases? Similarly, 
What happens if the person's wearing two shoes? One, one, the inner shoe, and then the outer shoe. One on top of another. So, Mahu, what's the loss? Like, Mar wants to know, what's the, what's the case? What are you talking about? If it's you're just taking out the outer shoe, you're taking off the outer shoe, the inner shoe has always been there the entire time. Well, that gets back to our previous problem of if there's always going to be something there on the on the foot itself, the inner shoe is always there. You haven't done anything. You've taken off the outer shoe. The inner shoe is still there, so you haven't removed it from the leg. You removed it from the shoe, which is on the leg. Everyone's going to agree that you haven't accomplished anything in that case. And if you take off both, Rashi points out uh, earlier, we saw this. Then for sure you've accomplished something. So the case here, what's the case? Lo tzricha my chalitza binon va'ikah adama gilui karabinon v'leka. What what happens in the following case where you're not taking off the outer shoe, you just make a hole in the outer shoe and you remove the inner shoe. So he's still wearing a shoe, but you've removed the inner shoe and you've taken it out from that hole. So it's sort of the opposite because in this case you've removed the shoe, but his leg is not revealed. He's still wearing the outer shoe. So it's the exact opposite. It's the same question, but with a different type of ramification in the opposite direction, because here you've removed the shoe, but his foot is still is still being covered by the outer shoe. So you remove the inner shoe. So how, does that work or does that not work? That was that was the uh, the question that was asked. Um, so the Gemara moving on to Kuf Beis and Beis one hundred two B says Gavna. Uh, do we even so the Gemara asks? Do we even have such a thing? Tosus explains that the question is, doesn't mean, uh, you know, does this ever occur that a person is wearing two shoes? That's not the question. The question is, is this something which has the potential to be normally done? That is this a a a, a not culturally is it normal? But can one walk with these two shoes? Is it possible for one to walk with these two shoes? If it's not possible, so then you don't do chalitza with such a shoe. You can only do chalitza with a shoe which has it. it, it it's it's fit and normal to walk with it. I don't mean culturally again. It doesn't mean culturally it's normal, but it, it, it has the ability to be normally used. Not about what people's preferences are about using one shoe versus another and the color and the fit and the form, but it means that it, is it, it does it, is it possible that it could be normally normally worn. Um, and uh, so that's the question: to have two shoes on top of another. So the Gemara says, "Yes, it is." Uh, they said that Rav Yehuda he himself he sometimes wore five pairs of shoes, one uh, one inside of another. He would wear five pairs of shoes. The fact that we even bring a proof from one person, it's not about what's commonly done, but it's about the fact that it it is possible. It is possible, and it, and it works. Not just that it's possible, but it, it it's something which which could work. And work well, and so we see that he wore five shoes. The reason why he wore five shoes was because it was very cold. Um, but he wore he wore five shoes, and so therefore we see that it is it is normal. Um, uh, so let's go a few more lines. Rav, another statement of Rav. Also, also interesting. So he says, what happens if you have the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law, and uh, but the sister-in-law grows up with her brothers-in-law. They're, they're growing up together. So we say, 
Um, she is still allowed to do Yibam with one of the brothers-in-law. If the, as, as she gets older, she was younger. Now she's older. She's allowed to do Yibam. It's permissible for her to do Yibam. Why would we say not? Because maybe we should be concerned that she removed the shoe of one of her brothers-in-law at some point in time when she was growing up. And if she removed the shoe, so then that would be Chalitza. Once you do Chalitza, you can't do Yibam. So maybe at some point in time, she removed the shoe. Maybe. Uh, and, and we should be concerned for that. Uh, that she, so the, so, but the answer is, is that we're not concerned for that. We are not concerned that she's removed, that at some point in time she removed her brother, brother-in-law's shoe. That we're not concerned about. And so therefore they're allowed to get married. So the Gemara says, The whole reason is because we don't see her taking off his shoe. But if it actually happened once where she did take off his shoe, the implication is, is that that would work for Chalitza. How could you say that? Vatanya, we have an Abraisa. You need to have intent. You can't just uh, randomly go over to your brother-in-law, take off the shoe, and oh, you perform a Chalitza. Both of them, both the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law, they both have to have intent of, of doing what they're doing. There's a whole discussion of what exactly, what intent do they need to have. Uh, there's a concept called mitzvah kavana. The mitzvah, when you do a mitzvah, you need to have intent. So is it having intention to perform the mitzvah? Is it having intention to... Uh, uh, created a uh, separation of the Zika to remove the Zika, this bond, this connection that they have together, this form of a divorce. There's a discussion amongst the later commentators what exactly, what, the, what intention is necessary. But at the end of the day, they have to intend for something. So the Gemara says, One answer to explain this is to say, no, that's exactly what, what Rav was saying. Rav was saying that they're allowed to get married, they're allowed to do Yibam. Why? We're not concerned for Chalitza because... We're not concerned that if she took off his shoe, maybe she took off his shoe, but they never had it for intent to be as Chalitza. They never had the intent in mind. Since they never had the intent in mind, so therefore even if she took off his shoe, it's not Chalitza. If it's not Chalitza, they could go ahead and do Yibam now. Now that she's older, they're allowed to do Yibam. Vekadam, alternatively. Taima de lo chazina, na chazina nechoshishin, vekatana bai kavana, hanimile lishturi la alma. Very interesting Gemara. The Gemara here says, as a second answer, it says, when do you need intent? When do you need intent to do the to do chalitza? That's only in order to allow her to marry somebody else, to say that they're separated now and she could go ahead and marry whoever she wants. For that to work, you need to have intent. But without the intent, so then she automatically becomes disqualified from doing yibam to one of the brothers. If she does a chalitza, she removes the shoe without any intent. Or, or, or at least uh, depending on this is a discussion. But let's say, uh, let's say one of them doesn't have intent, so it's not a good chalitza because she can't marry whoever she wants now. But it's good enough to say if one of the, she did that with one of the brothers-in-law, so that was chalitza. You cannot do yibam now. You can't get married, um, and so therefore, uh, that's uh, that's why uh, intent is necessary in order to allow her to get married. But you don't need intent in order to disqualify her from one of the brothers-in-law. But while she was growing up, the point of the price was to say that we're not even concerned for that. We're not concerned that she'll do anything. She won't remove the shoe at all. Even without intent, she won't remove the shoe. And therefore, as she gets older, she's allowed to do yibam with uh, one of her brothers-in-law. Okay, we're now on the top of Kvbez and Bez of 102B. Uh, and we'll continue with this discussion in the next recording.